Coming to you from my basement in beautiful Chicago, I am your host, Amanda Costner. Welcome to LesCast. We are recapping episode two of the Amazon Prime show, A League of Their Own, but I cannot do it alone. With me today is someone who I must admit I have always thought looked a little like Gina Davis. Please welcome back to the podcast someone who certainly has Fuego in Los Ojos, Erin. <laughs> Hi. Erin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to. I had to. Genuinely, Erin and I worked together back in the day, and I always thought that. I always thought you looked uh, like Gina Davis. Well, thank you. I I wish I had the dimples, and <laughs> I hope that's true, but I don't know how much. <laughs> well, true. I don't think I'm the only person who's told you that. No, <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that before. But like most of like the times when I've was hearing that I will say are probably about five years in my past. So, <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I still <laughs> say it's the case. Um, but uh, Gina Davis aside, what do you think of the show so far? I loved it. I had no idea like the direction it was going to go in. So I was really excited. Me too. I, I, I knew it was going to be more modern because there was like some media that came out before the show about how like, oh, it's not going to be completely white centered. Um, and I had a feeling there would be at least a nod to, you know, the actual queer players that existed in this league back in the 1940s. And they didn't just nod their head. They went another head was a bopping like it was a you know 85 beats per minute bop, you know, like the, it is gay. you know. Yeah. And I like I really appreciate that because I actually didn't know until the show came out that All the Way May was gay. I had no idea. All the Way May is is that a movie character or a real life person? Um, the person who played All the Way May. I'm sorry. The person. So the act. Wait. I might be fucking this up. Maybe maybe it's the actual all the way May. I actually don't know, but I think one of them is gay or I made it up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Somebody um, came out involved in the production and statistically that's accurate. (laughs) I think all the way May is a real person. Um, May Mordabito, the real life all the way May. So I think you're right. Awesome. Um, Okay, so let's get into this episode. We've got Abby Jacobson as Carson is billed as the show's lead. But as this opening sequence with Max fantasizing about pitching in the big game takes place, I realized that, like, for me, Max is the most important character of the show and also kind of more relatable on a personal level. I just don't have that, like cute awkward thing abby jacobson brings to all her roles you know uh when i'm not uh when i am awkward it's uh it's not as cute uh i don't know what what are you thinking about max at the beginning this is all about her and her fantasy um we're seeing also in these opening scenes why she's such a good pitcher yeah i 
I like that they're kind of like taking their time with other characters. Um, and so I, yeah, I really liked her story. I kind of want to watch a buddy cop movie with like the the two actresses uh, like who play May and is it Clance? Um, uh, Max and Clance? Or Max, sorry, Max and Clance, yeah. yeah. I want to just watch them like play like do buddy cop movies. <laughs> um, like I just want to watch them together like constantly because that. Um, well, that's kind of what this episode was, right? They were like on this yeah. like kind of comical search for these uh, this crab. It was like a caper. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, um, I I don't know when max sleeps or how she manages to like still be upright by the end of the episode but yeah like i thought that that was really really compelling and i was really glad that they're taking the time to tell that story me too um believe it or not shocker the show has gotten in my it, it's gotten like negative criticism for um you know i'm doing air quotes being inaccurate compared to the movie, particularly about, um, you know, Max's character, which is just insane because, you know, they're just portraying what actually happened. Max's character is based on three actual African-American players, Tony Stone, Mammy Johnson, um, Connie Morgan. And um, these three players actually played in uh, what was referred to as the Negro Leagues back in the 1940s. And so I, the more research I do on this show and the more, you know, uh, there's some bonus scenes that have been really enlightening on Amazon Prime. It's like this show is just being more, accurate they're just giving us more yeah i feel like um, this is how like public school well not just public schools but schools has have failed us because i think people think that it's inaccurate because they don't really take the time or weren't told about what actually happened and and so that's actually like not to get like too serious but when we talk about like some of the legislation that's being passed i'm just like really sad because another mm -hmm. generation of kids that's not going to learn any of this stuff. So, but I'm glad that overall though, the show's doing really, really well. Um, yeah. And it, I think it just shows that like people really want to see these stories and they want to see themselves reflected or they just want to learn about stuff they don't know about. And so I think like that overwhelmingly sort of drowns out those other voices. And that makes me really happy. Yeah, yeah. I like uh that's a, a good way to look at the that issue. <laughs> um okay, so Max strikes up a rapport with the coach of the uh men's the factory team. I couldn't I didn't jot down uh the, the name of the team, but anyways, he tells her that I think oh. that was screws, right? <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, screws. when you said that for half a second, I was like, is she joking? No, I think like literally they're called the screws. <laughs> what a name, the screws. Okay. I could also be making that up because it's a screw factory. <laughs> oh, it is a screw factory. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, okay. Well, um, the coach tells her everyone on the team has to have a job at the factory. So that kind of kicks off what her, you know, plot line is going to be for episode two. 
When we see the peaches in this episode, uh, they're all complaining about the uniforms they have to wear. Aaron, I don't recall uh, if you played sports or not, but nonetheless, would you play ball in a skirt? Just let your hoo-ha out there for the world to see. Seems like a recipe for a lot of pain and awkwardness. <laughs> and a yeast infection, probably. And <laughs> why Why the yeast infection? You're going to get stuff up there. Oh, maybe yeah. not a maybe not a yeast infection, but oh. maybe like some bacterial something. something. I, don't know. I didn't even think of that, like all the dirt going up there it's and chawing up. Just a mix of dirt and chalk. Cause you're like sliding it's just flying up into your junk you know i'm just like That's what I picturing picture. the horror yeah it's like it's like a vacuum down there like <laughs> <laughs> it's all gonna get up there oh my goodness uh, yeah. and um that and the all the full the full makeup in the bright hot sunshine that yeah. Um, I, when I played golf, which I took pretty seriously, I wouldn't even wear sunscreen. I was like, I'll just uh, risk skin cancer. That's how particular I was about the substances on, you know, my, you know, how, you know, you really need to be comfortable to be at your peak as an athlete. So <laughs> this, you know, it's, it's ridiculous, obviously, as the episode portrays. Yeah. Um, I thought about though, like, like the charm school. And I was just like, I would have just completely washed out like right then and there because <laughs> like, I can't do any of that shit. <laughs> I can't play baseball what? either, but you, it, it seems, it seems like a lot of pressure. No, I totally believe that Aaron, because I worked with you and you never did anything that you didn't want to i mean you did the job but do you remember how um bleep bleep i won't even say the name so you don't have to bleep it how bleep would come around and be like um are you gonna go to the bathroom and fix your hair <laughs> <laughs> i remember how much they hated me and the stuff i would do Is I, it because oh no, what what do you think it, that they hated? Well, uh, well, you know, you didn't, you never wore any lip color. And that was <laughs> oh, against yeah. the rules. Dude, y'all, listeners, we worked for such an old-fashioned company that we were asked to wear lipstick. It was quite ridiculous. I had to sign something saying that I would <laughs> wear lipstick. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad we don't, we're, oh, we're, we've moved on to brighter fields. Okay, in episode two, we get the introduction of the Peaches coach, played by Nick Offerman, Dove Porter, and um, what an introduction. Uh, okay. That, uh, what was that? Okay, actually... I love that, but I, I have to just stop and, and just like, just put it out there. I am so happy that Dale Dickey is in this and I'm just really excited to see her playing someone so buttoned up and like upright. Um, and like, I always answer the question when people are like, who would you want to play, play you like in a movie about your life? And I'm like, Dale Dickey every time. <laughs> Uh, listeners, for those who uh, aren't aware, Dale Dickey uh, plays, what is it? She's the chaperone, right? 
Sarge, yeah. Sarge, is that what they're calling her? Um, yeah. I'm try- what is what is she like most known for? So she usually plays character like I'll just give you some examples. She's uh, a regular like on My Name Is Earl, always getting arrested. Um, also, if you've seen Winter's Bone, she helps yes. Jennifer Lawrence's okay. character. Yeah, yeah, and that's like the type of character she plays like quite often. Like so when rough- I saw her, I was. Yeah, so I was just like so excited and I was like, yes, and she's such a good actress. Yeah, um, she looked familiar to me, but I didn't, I hadn't recognized her the way you do. Uh, you you did. Uh, you're right. It's it's nice seeing her in like a different light. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Nick Offerman in the, in the role of the coach? Well, it was very different from the movie, actually. Like the exact opposite, actually. Um, like instead of being like the reluctant person who, who goes and like eventually comes around, he's like enthusiastic, but then gets shittier as the episode goes on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also thought in the movie, like, like Jimmy Dugan is, is really likable despite how grotesque he is and how he's like, ah, he's like, you know, like you said, like he's not into it at all. Um, so this is like a much more low key coach who's not like taking up all the attention in the scene because you're watching him like peeing inside the locker room, you know. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Avoid the clap, Jimmy. <laughs> I think we're maybe we're gonna see more from Nick Offerman, um, like with the magic. Like, what was that? I I I honestly like don't remember that. Um, he yeah. he like you know when he's Carson's kind of fangirling over him and he like pulls the baseball out of her ear back here. You do you don't remember that? Um, I remember how she was fangirling, but I was probably dealing with like I don't know who knows. I was probably dealing with one of the animals at that point. I might have stepped away for a moment. <laughs> it's like one of his the coach is like into magic. It's one of his characteristics. I was like, oh, that's okay. It's interesting. Uh, huh. well, but we we we'll see. <laughs> uh, so we go to batting practice, Aaron. One of the uh, mainstream critiques I've seen of this show—not mainstream, but one of the critiques—is that the baseball itself may be lacking. Like somehow the movie made it look more real, and the show not as much. What do you think of that? So it was funny because Zoe actually said while we were watching, she was like, "Oh, they're using CGI," and I was like, "Well." Yeah, they probably are because they're probably not like all professionals, but I didn't notice and she like definitely picked up on it. Yeah. So I guess um, probably a valid critique. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the dog agrees, I think. <laughs> in the middle of batting practice, we've got the owner, Morris Baker, who's in the Walter Harvey role from the movie, saying... The girls are like truck drivers. And I got to say, there is nothing hotter than a lesbian truck driver. Am I wrong? I've never met one, but I would love to. You've never met one? Well, there's like some like, I think, famous lesbian TikTokers who are truck drivers. And then I used to um, hang out with a comedian in Minneapolis who, she's a truck driver, Maggie Ferris. Y'all go check out Maggie Ferris. 
very funny <laughs> comedian. Anyways, it's hot. Uh, Max goes to sign up to work at the factory and experiences some 1940s racism. Then, uh, let's see, after that, Aaron, how hot was that batter's box convo Greta and Carson engage in during practice? Back and forth. They have like a little tete-a-tete. Oh, my. So that whole thing, I love, the. well, Greta, obviously, it's just. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Uh, listeners, yeah. if you can't see our faces, <laughs> we both got a. We did like what the Grinch smile. We were like, yeah, Greta. <laughs> like I knew I was going to be kind of gay, but like I didn't know how gay. Oh, and Aaron, Greta called me out here. She, Greta called me out. She said, you don't want to be left alone. God, I'm just like all knowing all power. I loved that line. She says to Carson, it is so true. You know, Carson doesn't want to leave, like want Greta to leave her alone. Who would want Greta to leave them alone? Nobody, a robot, maybe her former character, <laughs> the good life. <laughs> I liked like the top vibes too. I was like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carson gets a phone call from her sister Maggie who lets her know the town is gossiping about her not having babies soon enough and running off to play baseball very unsupportive <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, later Carson asks Greta if she's trying to get in her head what do you think Erin is Greta playing games with Carson I think Greta's playing games with other people, potentially. Um, well, like who? Like literally, well, maybe this is just like gay wishful thinking, but I'm just like every guy she's <laughs> she's playing games with. <laughs> As I said it, I was like, oh, yep, okay, never mind. <laughs> No, you could be right. You could be right. Uh, because it's definitely, you know, going back and forth between giving Carson attention and giving like various men attention. So that's a mm -hmm. possibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't even know if Greta knows whether she's playing games or not. You know, maybe it's subconscious at this point. She's so flirty. She's very flirty. It seems like with guys, like, like it's more of a means to an end, you know, like play to the crowd. Um, you know, like if you like, this is the 1940s. Like, they gotta protect themselves. Yeah, yeah. You gotta protect yourself. Like, yeah. And I don't mean like anything like rude by it or anything by like it's a means to an end. But like, there's literally only like so many avenues <laughs> you can go down if baseball doesn't work out. But like, I feel like when she's with Carson, she just wants to be with Carson. Oh, so you think she? Because I can't tell yet. It's all, it's like the most obvious thing in the whole world that obviously Carson wants to like, ding dong, you know, Greta. <laughs> uh, but I don't know quite if Greta has the same level of feelings for Carson. It seems like maybe this is, this is not Greta's first, you know, flirtation with a lady. Whereas I'm not sure if Carson's ever had a relationship with a woman. Yeah, I don't think so. Just based on just the way that she kind of, I don't know. It's just based on some of her reactions. I don't, I think like she's probably not familiar with, but like, yeah. But Greta, if it's not her first time, then clearly she likes it. I don't know. 
Again, gay yeah. wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Max's mom checks out her nails back at the salon and doesn't like what she sees. And then uh, Tony does something that becomes a very important moment in my eyes in the series. And she tells Max how she got the loan for the salon by making her name seem like a man's name on the loan application. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, there was a part of me that was like, part of me was, was just like, that's right. Like, don't follow your dreams this your mom works like so hard and this is like how you're gonna get through life wow um, uh, and then I was like no no because Max is in like the two percent of people she's gonna make it work so um I think you're just a much more empathetic person than me because that didn't even occur to me I'm just like Max do whatever you want screw your mom <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But uh of course her mom is like, you know, how could her mom know that her child is like about to be the like first you know exception the you know you know all of this is like a lot of firsts. This is the first. They say in the pilot episode like, oh, this has never happened before, you know, we're we're seeing a lot of firsts during this period in our country's history. Yeah, and yeah, like I and I and I came around kind of where you are to like you know, if you, you got to try shit, you got, and at least, and even if like, it doesn't work out, then you can go to the other thing, but like, I don't know. I'm going to try, especially that, in your twenties, yeah. you and I know, <laughs> you know, in your twenties, <laughs> that's a time. trash it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see. Vivian Hughes has a pretty important role in this episode, her character. To me, she's like the Gloria Vanderbilt of the show. But according to the behind-the-scenes bonus video, she's based off of the real-life Helena Rubenstein, who was actually hired by the real owners of the League. So this is like a very accurate plot, plot line. Again, the, the show is actually like being pretty accurate to the time. I read her character as... She's trying to make things better for women, but she's doing it in a way that the men around her can't tell. And it is allowing her to get ahead. Sorry, I lost an ear, uh, bud. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, but go ahead. No, and, and kind of like, I felt like the sort of like little speech she said where she basically said what you just said. And like you kind of saw like a light bulb go off in Greta's head, and so that was interesting to me. And that I think that's part of why I'm like, yeah, when she's dealing with men, maybe it's it's sort of she's internalizing maybe a lot of these lessons. I can't remember. Is this scene where <clears throat> um, Vivian Hughes talks to tells them that speech? Is this before or after Greta has the line where she says? They're doing this so we don't look like a bunch of queers. Do you remember? Oh shoot! I don't remember if, it was, if that's before. If it was or after, after, that would really mean she like yeah, she like really quickly took that information to heart. Mm -hmm. Back at the salon, we learn Clance is hosting the big housewarming crab boil for her and her husband. This sets up uh, the nice. Uh, Kind of what I, you know, kind of buddy copish plot for the show. 
the search for these crab. Uh, along the way, Max kind of attempts to flirt with Gary at the recruitment table, kind of trying to do the same thing her mom did, trying to get him to write her name down like she's a man. Then we get the hilarious but also anti-Semitic sequence of Vivian Hughes analyzing all the players' faces. Uh, my personal favorite was when they were doing Carson and they were like, farm hands, farm face. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> Aaron, you grew up kind of rural. Uh, what qualifies a face as a farm face? I think like weather beaten, maybe a little sunburnt, lots of freckles, like a little fine leather. lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, as a last resort, Clance decides back with the crab search that they have to go to Schwartz Market, where uh, usually black people are not going in. And when they go in, they are, of course, refused but then max goes back in and is sort of somehow able to pressure the guy behind the counter into serving her when uh carson shows up with shirley which before they go in uh shirley has a line and i wanted to talk to you a little bit about her and like a little bit of critique her character has gotten uh, let me play this clip of shirley and carson before they go into the grocery store this audio clip here specific dietary restrictions so i have to go to the market but i just realized i've actually never been alone in public before do you want to come with me uh she says she's never been to a to a alone in public before that's what she says so surely as a character some people are saying she's being portrayed with a lot of like stereotypes about jewish women have you um thought about that at all I've never heard a stereotype about Jewish women that they can't be alone in public. So I just well, I think she was orthodox. I don't know. I think that the critique is that um, I guess it's a stereotype of Jewish women to be neur neurotic, um, which I didn't know either. I so I just took her to be like like that she'd come from like a fundamentalist family or something. And this could just be like me, like not understanding historical context. So, um, but I kind of like, obviously like my family wasn't that crazy, but I related to her a little bit because I was also raised very religious and I knew people who like couldn't go out with boys without chaperones and stuff like that um, in the nineties. And so I just kind so of thought that was the case or something. You're taking it as she's just grown up so conservative and traditional uh -huh. that, yeah, you know, this is just a, you know, a, a result of that. And this is why she is, which you're you know saying like is actually similar to me. So, and I'm, you know, Aaron, you're not Jewish. I don't believe. Nah, I just took it to be like <laughs> anyone who is raised like super religious that you have like a lot of rules, but that could be like my complete ignorance. I was not aware of the stereotype. Yeah, I can't really comment on that too much. I will say I did actually find the line a little out of place because I, I didn't know if it was believable. I was like, well, how did you get to the tryouts? Did you like, did, did somebody go with her? Um, wouldn't she have been alone in public? I was like, oh, but I, 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 maybe I don't know what I'm talking about because it's the 1940s. Yeah, I never thought, how would she get there? That is a good question. 
So back at the grocer, Carson is all worried about the kiss Max witnessed between Carson and Greta. And again, we see Max does not care, cluing us in to the possibility. Maybe she doesn't care because something like that is not totally new to her. Maybe if it is, if I had been Carson, I would have just been like, you didn't see me. It was dark, <laughs> dark outside. You didn't see me. That wasn't me. <laughs> you would have been like, oh, you, you didn't, you didn't, your eyes aren't good. <laughs> no, you're terrible. Been like Danny DeVito, DeVito and my cousin Vinny. Like you just would have totally broke down the imperfections of her <laughs> vision. <laughs> yeah, she'd be like how did you know to tell me I didn't see you and I'd be like I don't know I gotta go <laughs> <laughs> well finally the first game of the season comes I really liked the shot of the teams filling in I've been pr pretty into the cinematography of this show probably my favorite moment of the episode is when Clance's husband comforts her after her terrible day you know, um, after the pilot, I was like a little like, eh, you know, on, on guy, but this saying, this scene got me, I'm an official guy fan, guy, the character fan. Yeah, it was really sweet. And I was like thinking about it. I was like, man, if Zoe did that, I'd be like, no, I just want to be mad right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm glad it was her and not me. Cause it was a really sweet scene. That doesn't work for you when you're, when you've had a really bad day. I just like need a minute by myself to be mad. <laughs> Don't come to me with a pretty dress. <laughs> give 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 her a minute, okay? Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of funny how he was like, "Oh, look at this. This totally matches your eyes." I don't know what he said, but it did he was match on it. your eyes. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> Back at the game, we get some nice, interesting plays. Uh, I thought episode two actually did better at, at showing more of the baseball itself in a way that was a little bit more substantial than just like, oh, this is like fun scenes they're going to put in the trailer. But back at the game, they portray the risk, I think. They show some successful plays. And then what I thought they were trying to do is they were trying to show how sometimes if you metaphorically play ball the way Vivian Hughes is sort of telling them all to do um then you could risk experiencing something i feel like a lot you know of us have experienced as women which is that sometimes if you try to appeal to men using their attraction to your bodies it can backfire and on top of them not giving you respect then you also feel this like this like humiliation feeling like a piece of meat uh, so, and they really went hard on this with the guy in the stand. I think at one point he's like yells at Greta to sit on his lap. I mean, it was pretty gross. Yeah. And I like in that moment, like really, really felt for her. And when, you know, ending advice was like, well, this is what gets the butts in the seats and we have to make money. And these are the people who are buying tickets. Uh, I think that's another reason I would wash out like day one. I would just <laughs> not, I would, I couldn't No, I just couldn't. And again, like you just kind of see her, like how she kind of internalizes this message of basically here's how I got rich and got my trophy husband by kind of like playing this game. 
and so she is thinking about but you can see the struggle because she she kind of slips a little bit sometimes well i mean could you blame her she's not even allowed to yell back at the asshole repeatedly yelling at her um not only that she's asked to like be less greta i put that in air quotes (laughs) i am just like how dare they how dare they how can you be less greta greta's the best i would like more greta if anything Uh, you can never have enough no you know i would have scaled that fence and (laughs) (laughs) you would have spider-manned it slept maybe uh done a little pow spider-man meme slap you in the face that's not how you talk to ladies come on well i mean i was raised like don't start fights but if someone starts fights then mm-hmm. finish the fight that's how i was raised yeah that's uh i i don't know that i would blame you for doing that i think i would sanction that erin thank you that was us <laughs> thank you. i Carson... would do it in perfect lipstick so it would be <laughs> Hot, so it would be hot. <laughs> I was just gonna say sanctioned by by both CUI. The, oh, and so you weren't breaking any rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you think Sarge would be okay with you kicking that guy's butt? Secretly, yes. Not <laughs> <That> really, <laughs> <Okay>. no. <laughs> okay, so you'd get like a slap on the wrist, but you wouldn't lose your job. I'd probably lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Carson overhears a conversation between Coach Porter and the league, some of the league uh, people. She learns he's kind of been acting a little bit. He doesn't have much faith or interest in the peaches. And apparently he's mostly there because otherwise he'd still be selling insurance. I mean, that's a noble profession. I don't see anything <laughs> wrong with People need yeah. insurance. Yeah, but uh, it's kind of like uh, the the character from Groundhog Day. I don't. It's a little looked down on. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think he's gonna get back to the majors, though. Like that doesn't seem likely. Oh, does and he? Are they saying he wants to play in the majors? I was thinking he wanted to. Coach. I don't know if he wants. I don't know. I think he just wants to like relive his glory days, and I think mm. yeah, like be able to coach. And he's kind of a shit coach, but maybe he wants to use the fame he could get in the All American Girls League to jumpstart his magician career. That could work. Yeah, well played. <laughs> well played, um, sir. But I was, yeah, I was, I was disappointed in him, but you could absolutely tell in previous interactions that he was, you know, he's very patronizing, that he wasn't taking it seriously. Um, So while I was disappointed, I wasn't entirely surprised. Yeah, saw it coming. After we get a locker room moment between Carson and Greta, who is crying because of all the crap she got at the game. It was kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, Max sneaks out of the house and goes to the salon where she meets one of the customers we saw at the salon earlier. And oh my God, I have heard a lot of talk about how much chemistry Carson and Greta have, but I got to say the chemistry between Max and I think Leah is her love interest name is off the charts. What did you think about this? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I knew she didn't have any chemistry with that other guy. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was not expecting two gay relationships. That was way more than I could ever hope for. For and a mainstream big name show like this. Yeah. 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 And I was just like, but you have to think like, think of any female sports team. There's way more than two gay people on it. Right. I mean, not that mm -hmm. she's on the team, but like, she's going to be on ad team. I'm just saying yeah. like, the odds are in our favor there. And so again, when people are like, this isn't realistic, there's too much gay shit. I'm like, do you watch women's soccer? <laughs> How about the uh, WNBA? Have you seen one of those teams? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't tell me it's not realistic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, couldn't agree more. Yeah, I am just in love with Max, I think. I, she's just so compelling and intriguing and talented and, and, and you know. Gorgeous. The camera <laughs> loves her. Yeah, I was good. Yes. I just say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and hot, I guess, is the word I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> Lu Lucy agrees. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear. I, I do. I do. I hear. Yeah, Shantae Adams really, oh. really nailing this role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lucy. Okay, wow. The episode kind of went by fast. Well, all in all, how did you find this episode? And is there a character in particular that you think stood out to you this episode? Um, Obviously, obviously Max stands out. Like, I think Max is kind of like the star of the show, this episode. Um, Greta has some good moments as well, but Max really, um, yeah, I think we got to see like a lot more of her story. Yeah. Maybe I'm not the only one who kind of fell in love with Max uh, during episode no, two. I, yeah. Well, okay. So, and I don't mean to be like gross or anything with that. Like, <laughs> that, but, when Zoe, but when Zoe, when Zoe and I started watching, it was like, who do you like? Oh, who do you like? Oh, who do you like? And I was just like, kind of like Meh, the entire time. And then Max came on screen and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Aaron right there with you. Yeah. Like, yeah so he's think... like full on Greta. Like, like see, yeah. I think Roe is very Greta too, but also I think Roe's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty Carson-y. So yeah, but there's a lot, you know, all of them are great. Like I'm, I'm really into Lupe, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're all pretty cool. I, I'm, they're all like pretty, let's see, uh, as you said, how do you say this respectfully? They're, they're quite, they're, they found people that we enjoy seeing on our screen. <laughs> well, you know, like actors have to be like fully like in full drag. So they're all shellacked and made beautiful for our entertainment for yeah. better or worse. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh, any other thoughts on the episode or on the the show thus far? I'm just like really excited for it. We ended up watching and part of the reason I couldn't remember any of like the storylines is we ended up watching like four of them at once. And so I couldn't remember what happened when, but that's how, <laughs> how much we enjoyed it. So, and this yeah. is one of Zoe's favorite movies and she really likes the show too. She was worried that it was get, like kind of going to ruin the movie for her, but she just loves it. So I think we're going to probably binge watch the entire so, series soon. One of the things I heard online was maybe they should have not named it a league of their own. And then people wouldn't compare it to the movie. 
you think they should have called it something else? And maybe some people are suggesting, should they have even focused on a different team <clears throat> on the peaches? No, I think uh, probably it's just good marketing. You know, you can kind of capitalize on the film. Everyone's well, not everyone, but most this is probably, this is probably how they sold the show. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it works. You're so. right. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great point there, Aaron. Well, I want to thank my amazing co-host for today, Aaron. Uh, thank you for coming back onto the podcast and recapping the show with me. Make sure you subscribe to Lescast wherever you listen. That way you'll be able to stay up to date all uh, with all of the recaps we have coming your way. And we will be back recapping episode three of A League of Their Own. I've got some awesome co-hosts lined up. You won't want to miss it. <laughs>